<laughs> Look who's back. What is up, Foxborough fam? What a show we have lined up for you today on Six Rings and Football Things. A cast of thousands, more guests than an entire season of a late night talk show, interviews, celebrities. It's actually just me and Hart from our respective fan caves doing the pod, getting you ready for Super Bowl 57 and talking about everything else pertinent to and on the mind of the local Mad Patriots fan. Hello, how are you? Your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart here on the Six Rings Pod brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Today, a little Mac talk. What's the rush? Also, we're going to start our off-season positional breakdowns with the running backs. And we'll try to gauge our overall interest in the position and how the Patriots approach it during the 2023 offseason. And then, of course, what would we be and who would we be without a big game 57 breakdown? Because Lord knows you're not going to be able to make your bets and rock your props without hearing from a couple of humps in their late 40s who have no fighting interest in the game whatsoever, except having a good time and making some money. Hello. Good morning, Andy Hart. What's on your mind, friend? I'm not in my late 40s. I just want to correct. You correct. Yes. Am I the senior citizen of this production? Yes. Wow. You're I don't act. Cute. I don't look it. See those photos of me bouncing around the internet yesterday from Mike Reese looking young and chipper on the bleachers at Patriots practice? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. I, a young you, like so full of dreams and yet still so chock full of anger. <laughs> Uh, speaking of and, anger, so we're speaking do... of photos, you saw the shirtless one of me pretending to be Tom Brady, I'm sure, which I knew which I couldn't, <laughs> which I could unsee it. I, 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 I mostly did that. I hesitated at first. Like, do I really need to parody the Tom Brady shirtless thirst trap? And then I was like, you know what? I need to, this needs to be seen by accident by Andy Hart. Oh, I, I mostly saw did that. I know. Ah, come on. I'm, the thing I've, I thought I've was interesting. Worship the way you covered yourself with a little shot glass and it was plenty of room to spare. Oh, ah, ha, ha. Waka, waka. Um, first shot of the day. All right, Andy, one thing, and listen, I understand it's a long off season. The NFL, the Patriots, all 32 teams are responsible for staying on top of mind with their fan base, the general NFL adoring population. And during Super Bowl 57 week, holy macaroni on rye. Everybody has to try to fill waves, get clicks, make the most out of the extended uh, Super Bowl Mardi Gras, if you will. And by the end of the week, everyone is just exhausted and out of talking points, and we just can't wait for the friggin' game to kick off. And locally, because the Patriots didn't make the playoffs, but we do believe there's enough talent on the team to perhaps with the coaching reconfiguration and the professional grown-up approach the Patriots seem to be taking to this offseason, we think we're going to see strides made by this offense. And in particular by one Mac Jones. I personally am expecting a much better third season out of Mac than his second season. Hell, I even think his numbers will far surpass his rookie season in the NFL. And one of the talking points that's come up this week has been the, is Mac Jones going to be worth 35 or $40 million a season? To which I believe you say, I agree, we say, hey, what's the rush? Why don't we just let the season play out? Why is everybody already trying to figure out if Mac Jones is more than a franchise quarterback worth more than a fifth or a quarter of a billion dollar investment. What's the rush guy. Yeah, this is kind of annoyed me and yet we will also embrace it. I think later in this discussion, but it's kind of annoyed me. Like I listened to our station, Adam Jones and, and Mego Christian Arkan, they were doing it. 
Then I click on NBC Sports Boston. I'm at last night actually out at a Mexican restaurant. I look up and they're debating Phil Perry, Tom Curran in Arizona debating Mac and how much. And I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Speaking of which, real quick, uh, when you go out to a Mexican restaurant with the family, do you show chips and salsa discipline? Because I can't no. go to Mexican restaurants. I have to get Mexican takeout. Because if I sit at the table, uh, like when they offer like unlimited chips and salsa, like I'm full before the meal. Uh, well, that's because you're not a real eater like me. Um, <laughs> but no, I'll tell you how undisciplined I am. How undisciplined are you? I've done multiple baskets of the chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. which I did last night, mm-hmm. ordered nachos, eat those, and then eat my meal. It's unnecessary. It's you're gorgeous, an animal. Stupid, but I love it. <laughs> no, but that's the way to go. And you know what you're doing? You are preparing for Super Bowl Sunday, the gluttonous day, like the day of professional eating and mass consumption. So good on good on you. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I, dig- I digress. Okay. So I digress. They, they did it on our station. They did it on NBC Sports Boston. You saw it last night whilst enjoying a... Uh, a taqueria with the familia. See, it's a little annoying. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot annoying. And what I would comp it to is we do the same damn thing with the head coaching situation. Three or four years ago, Josh McDaniels is the coach in waiting. Why else do you think he turned down the Colts and came back? Oh, he's not the coach in waiting? Last year. Well, Matt Patricia, if they're asking him to coach offense, he's already done contracts. Matt, Pat- The Crafts love Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia is the coach in waiting. Oh, Matt Patricia stinks and may no longer even work for the organization. Now Gerard Mayo is the coach in waiting. What are we doing? Why don't we just wait a little bit closer to actually needing a new coach? Because Bill Belichick seems like he's got plenty of vim and vigor. Vim, whatever. Vigor, all that crap. Vim and vigor, but we would have also accepted piss and vigor. Yeah, piss and vigor, whatever you want to call it. Bill Belichick seems like he's going strong, and yet we're focused on who's the next coach, and now we're doing it with Max contract. And... You know, I brought up contract early in the process only to say I thought it was part of the overall onion of his his 2022 season and the pressure and the expectation and the career and all of it, the frustration. But to actually say right now, coming off a terrible season for him, the team, the offense, everything, Mm -hmm. just because you brought in Bill O'Brien to somehow say like, oh, well, let's talk about Mac and $40 million and two hundred. Why? Why don't we just wait till after this year, which is the first landmark, right? It's the first landmark towards, well, you're going to pick up that fifth year option. That'll be a consideration next spring. That's, I don't know. For all I know, Max, a backup quarterback by this time next year, right? Like he could literally be a backup to Bailey Zappi. Um, that is a and it, it, it's, it's it? in the realm of possibility. I don't think either of us believes that that will be the case, no. but that card is in the deck that that option is available to us. Uh, but it's largely because Mac had his sophomore season, his second kick at the can as a professional taken away from him. So now he's got to do the second season all over again in his third season. So he was largely betrayed and beset by what happened last year with the judge Patricia offensive play calling development cadre, whatever you want to refer to that shit show. And now he's got a lot of making up to do in just a short amount of time. I think both of us believe, and I think a lot of Pats fans believe that the combination of Bill O'Brien, the staff he's assembling a much better offensive line with a dedicated coach who's done it before. And Max want, and his, that Mac and roll like petulance and desire to be great and not accept failure. Like he did last year is all going to work 
in favor. That will all be a tide that goes forward. Everyone's going to be rowing in the same direction for Mac this season. But as far as having to like quick decide, like, is he a $40 million quarterback? Just let the kid get his legs back under him again and start pl- and just show us why the Patriots invested the 15th overall pick in him two years ago. And there's, there's two options. I mean, I guess if you just want to play radio and pretend it's a year from now or two years from now, you can do that. That's fine. But if you literally want to talk about it today and you want to mm-hmm. pre- pretend today is the deadline, then isn't the answer for everyone no? How could anyone say yes today to a $40 million a year contract? I would have. It's funny thing is, Andy, I would have said yes after his rookie season. Absolutely. And then after what happened to him in his sophomore season, I would have said no. Right. So it's it's a yes, no. <laughs> no, yeah. No, yes. Yeah, no. Yes, no. The Bill Belichick press conference answer. Yeah, exactly. To figure out what he just said. I just. And and then so I said we were going to rip it. OK, I, I hate the timing. I don't see the need for this discussion. Uh-uh. Uh, be better, as the people I hate say in terms of filling out your content, be better. And yet uh-huh. we're using it right now. So, hell. I can be worse. So I am going to now embrace the idea of talking about his actual contract. Well, first of all, the cost of doing business by the time you sign Mac is likely to be $40 million. It's just like, I just did a quick 250 million times 16% is $40 Mm -hmm. million. So $40 Mm -hmm. million is 16% of your cap is sort of the going rate potentially for a quarterback. We're going to see Joe Burrow, I've seen um, some mock contracts out there where he averages about $50 million a year on $410 mm-hmm. million. And I know Joe Burrow, Mac, despite what people tried to convince me last year, are nowhere near the same thing. But nope. the reality is, this is becoming, the NFL is becoming the NBA in quarterback contracts in that it doesn't matter how close you are to the elite quarterback. If you're due for a contract and the mm-hmm. team wants to keep you, they have to sign you to a massive contract. It's just kind of the way business is now being done in the NFL. It's the Bradley Bealification of yep. the quarterback position. Like, could the Washington Wizards have afforded to let him go because he was like the only serviceable star in the name there? No. Did Bradley Beal realize that because he had achieved all pro, he could get a super max deal and go five for 250? Yep. That was the cost of business getting done on both sides. And you can't hold him accountable for anything other than, well, just his his play on the court. And the same holds true in the NFL now. Is it, you know, it, I call it the Flacco principle where somebody bets on themselves, they hold out, they win the bet. Next thing you know, they end up signing for a ton of money. That's what makes winning while you have the quarterback on the rookie window on the five-year deal with a first-round signal caller so important. And that's what's so Freaking frustrating about what happened last season as I try to get over it as well. I thought I had moved on from it, but then we get into a conversation like this, and now I get dragged back, in, back into the land of the rich Keefs who are just like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to next season. I'm still not over last season. And it's something like that. Like you wasted the second season of a quarterback who could be the one who leads you back to a deep playoff run, who maybe will give you a kick at the Super Bowl can. So that puts a lot of pressure on this team to get their act in gear and their asses going in the right direction this year, Andy. Yeah, I think it has almost nothing to do with money. I think this is really a discussion of, is Mac your quarterback or is Mac not your quarterback? If he's your quarterback, you're going to hand him a $200 million contract. If he's not your quarterback, then you need to go find a quarterback. You need to go draft another one, whatever, after this season. I I think the the economics of it are borderline irrelevant. It's -hmm. it's, it's all about, and so, you know, the, the Andy Greshes of the world who are still big Mac believers, they'll be handing him a contract theoretically and the 
Chris Shimes of the world wouldn't come close to handing him a contract because they don't believe in him. So money is irrelevant at this point to me. It's all about, and we mentioned it last week, you just sort of touched on it a little bit. It isn't about getting back to 2021 for me. It's 21 plus what? It's how mm -hmm. much percentage better. And I know you got porked. Mac, you got porked mm. in 2022. Screwed, blue, and tattooed. But this is a this is a meritocracy. This is a bottom line business. You need to get back on track and somehow make up for that lost time with Bill O'Brien. You need to get back to level and then jump forward to right. start the right. process. Like and and then you get into yes. the only the only place I would say money comes into it is if you are a real believer, Mac Jones believer, whether you're Bill mm -hmm. Belichick or Robert Kraft, whoever. And you want to go to him early, say he has a just a good, not great year this year and want to go to him after this year and say, hey, we were baseball style. We want to buy years of arbitration. We want to do a mm -hmm. deal now, maybe before the cap, because the cap's going to go up minimum of $10 million each year. So right. the percentage of the cap you're giving the quarterback, his number's going up. If you go to him early, roll the dice and say, you know what? Three years in, two of the three were good. We think you're a franchise quarterback. We'll give you this long-term deal now to, to maybe save money over the course of the deal. Yeah, you Pedroia that shit. You just go in there and you say like, hey, you know, I, you, you, you could make that example. It didn't work out. It was terrible. No, it was a terrible it, contract the day they signed it. The little yeah, guy I, who runs like this getting hurt. Okay, but they, I, but they still didn't let him get all the way to free agency where it would no, have cost didn't. them even more. And yeah, they probably should have in hindsight. But also you, you realize like, yeah, you're not going to give Danny Woodhead a 10-year deal. And that's basically what they did with Pedroia. And they right. on the back end, they paid for it. But the idea, okay, Tatis out in... San Diego, they gave him way too long a deal and he's a little injury prone. It was like a 14 year deal, but it averaged out only at like 21, $22 million a season as opposed to 22 million a season, as opposed to like, we're going to be paying this guy $40 million a season later on. Like you could probably approach Mac this season and maybe if he's comfortable and he and Belichick are seeing eye to eye and they, and they let Mac in on what the plan is for whoever that next head coach is. And we'll discuss next on WEI. No, then won't. maybe Mac is willing to stick around. We're not here for that now. We just want to see mass improvement, and we don't need to worry about the contract because, agreed, Andy, the financials are irrelevant. I do want to say, though, as I have been in moderation, wisely consuming at my discretion little bits and pieces of Super Bowl 57 media, you know, a piece here from something on NFL Network, a little up and Adams, uh, a splash of good morning, it's football, whatever else, right? I've just been kind of piecemealing my content consumption. Uh, and I have heard from the likes of LeGarrette Blunt, Mike Lombardi, Rob Gronkowski, Greg Cosell of NFL Films. Uh, so you get a nice broad spectrum of, of former players, general managers, coaches, film analysts. They all agree. And this is the nice thing. There's a, there's a unanimous coalition that if everything goes Mac and Bill O'Brien's way this season that Bill O'Brien will be able to not only get Mac back to where he was, but probably be able to help him take this next step. That's both necessary to deem him a franchise quarterback and get the Patriots offense to where it needs to be. And I was very happy. And I'm very happy to hear that. Like my, my Patriots itch has been scratched this week, if you will, even though the Patriots have nothing to do with Super Bowl 57. And even though all those people are sort of Patriots honks to some degree or actually played for the team or worked for the yeah, team or friends okay. of Belichick or whatever. Um, yeah, right. The, my favorite one in that whole group was Rob Gronkowski, who, first of all, Gronk started his career with Billy O'Brien. 
mm-hmm. and they had a lot of success. I think he Big does fan. actually yep. has a lot of um, respect for Billy O'Brien. He, first of all, Gronk was interesting when he said like he couldn't believe they changed the offense. He thinks the Patriots offense they had been using was one of the best offenses in the NFL. And why would you ever change that? So I'm with Gronk. Good call, Gronk. Mm-hmm. Make me, fun of Gronk, me, but he me. knows his football. <laughs> this um, is a new segment called Me with Gronk. Yes. Uh, and then he went into Mac and he talked about Mac and, you know, in this offense with Billy O, he thinks there can be huge improvements. But then he said, if not, then the ceiling is closed, was the way he said it, which that's no, just Gronk, Gronk right you know, yeah, you close windows, Gronk. You don't close. OK, you know what? Awesome. Yes. Good job by you. you Maybe he was Gronk. in the uh, because you're happy song, like a like a room without a roof or whatever. And he was like, wow, we had a room without a roof, but then we closed the ceiling. So or didn't that Jordan the also only time say Pharrell Williams and Rob Gronkowski will be mentioned in the same sentence unless they're both in a Minions movie. And, and didn't wasn't uh, when Jordan was at Chapel Hill said something about the 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 roof is the ceiling or something or the sky is the ceiling. Sure, he had a he screwed up a quote at floors at, lava at, something like that. At a North Carolina basketball game. He had a uh, is that a malpropism or whatever the hell they call it? A malaprop. Malaprop. malaprop yeah. The fucking excuse me. Whoa! Hey! Oh! Hey! Ooh! What kind of pot? Hey! Hey! What about the kids? What kids? Do any kids listen to this podcast? You, you just tw- said we're 40-somethings. Why would kids listen to this podcast? <laughs> because they love knowing the latest and greatest takes on Pat's Nation and what's going on with their favorite football team. The kids are listening. The 40-somethings are listening. Seniors, boomers, diehards, hardos, the Foxborough faithful, everyone. And we appreciate every last one of you who tune in and make Six Rings and Football things a regular part of your weekly Patriots consumption. Tell your friends, rate, review, subscribe, and of course, give us follow at Six Rings Pod at Fitzy GFY and at Jumbo Hat.